0: 4 Scary and Mysterious Families A single serial killer is troublesome enough, but when the killings turn out to be a family affair, it brings sinister to a whole new level. The four stories on this list are terrifying because they're real. Whether siblings, relatives, or the entire clan, these are four scary and mysterious families. Number 4. The Bloody Benders From 1871 to 1873, Labette County in Kansas was home to a family called the Benders. John Bender Sr., or Pa Bender, was around 60 years old at the time. He was of German descent and spoke little English, if any at all. His wife, Elvira, was 55 and was known as the she-devil by her neighbors because she was very cold and unfriendly. Their 25-year-old son, John Jr., was considered handsome with his auburn hair. He spoke English fluently, but with a German accent, but neighbors considered him a half-wit since he would often be seen laughing all by himself. Kate Bender, the muse of the family, was a bit of a charmer. She was beautiful, pleasant, and spoke fluent English without an accent at all. She was a self-proclaimed psychic and healer, often distributing her flyers and advocating free love. It was because of her that the Bender family's general store and Wayside Inn became as popular as it did. But what set this family apart was their blood-curdling predilection towards killing. Although the story differs depending on the source, it's believed that in 1872 a man named George Launcher and his baby stopped by the Bender's Wayside Inn while heading west. He was on his way to the home of Dr. William York in Iowa, but he never showed up. Dr. York was concerned when his friend didn't visit and decided to track back his path. He found out that George had stayed at the Bender's Inn and decided to ask there. However, he too was never heard from ever again. In other versions, Dr. York was said to be a regular customer of Cape Bender, and it was during his second visit there that he eventually did not return home. Whichever version it is, it was Dr. York's disappearance in 1873 that unmasked the Bender's deception. Prior to his trip, Dr. York informed his brother, Colonel York, of Fort Scott about his destination. When he didn't return, the Colonel looked for his brother in Labette County. He asked the Benders personally, and they said they hadn't seen him and that he must have been delayed or attacked by Indians. These were all plausible. Colonel York had his suspicions, but needed proof. He got it when on April 3rd, a woman fled the Bender home after being attacked by Elvira with knives. When pressed about it, Elvira became mad and said the woman was a witch who cursed her coffee. This revealed that even though touted as not understanding English, Elvira's grasp of the language was just fine. Soon rumors began swirling that Labette County was responsible for plenty of missing people. There were also suspicious skulls retrieved, showing signs of murder. A town hall meeting was initiated, where Colonel York and the town officials informed folks that individual home searches would be conducted. Despite his suspicions on them, no one watched the benders, and when it was their turn for the home search, the family was nowhere to be found. When authorities looked over the property, a bad odor became noticeable and it was traced to a trap door. This was opened and it revealed that underneath the family room was a 6 by 7 foot crawl space. The entire floor was filled with crusted blood and it was this stench that emanated as it seeped from the ground. They looked for bodies but couldn't find any. Then authorities turned to other areas around the property, particularly in the vegetable garden. It was here they found the bodies, including that of Dr. York. Many of the victims had been bashed in the head and showed signs of mutilation. There was at least one little girl killed as well. It's likely she was strangled or buried alive. It's believed that the benders killed by inviting the guests for dinner and had them seated right over the trap door. As Kate distracted or entertained them, the males in the family would attack from behind the curtain and hit the guests over the head with a hammer. They would then be dropped down the trap door and allowed to bleed out. The victims were stripped of their belongings and buried in the Benders' lot after that. There were no obvious motives in the killings, as some of the travelers had little valuables with them. Instead, it's believed the Benders killed just for fun. After their deeds were uncovered, large vigilante groups formed and tried to follow the Benders' paths after they escaped. Reward money was offered, however, to this day, there's no sufficient proof that the Benders were ever caught. Later on, various individuals were arrested and accused to be one or two of the Benders. However, no one was identified conclusively as a family member. Other accomplices in the murders were also arrested over time. In the end, it's believed the Benders killed more than 20 people during their stay in Labette County, but most likely more before that and several more after they went on the run. Number 3. The Wessons Born on August 22, 1946, Marcus Wesson was the eldest of four children. He grew up in a dysfunctional household with his mother being a religious fanatic and his dad an abusive alcoholic. He joined the army after leaving high school and was stationed in Europe for some time. After returning, Wesson started living together with a married woman named Rosemary Medarena and her children in San Jose, California. By 1974, Wesson married Elizabeth, Rosemary's daughter. Elizabeth was 15 at the time, and Wesson had been sexually abusing the young girl since she was 12 years old. He married her in a home ceremony after she became pregnant and went on to father 10 children with her in total. In 1986, Rosemary Solorio, Elizabeth's sister, sent all 7 of her children to live with Wesson. The household was now very large. But Marcus never held together a job and simply lived off welfare. Oftentimes, a large family would live in run-down houses, boats, or squat in abandoned homes. For some time, Wesson was in jail for welfare fraud after failing to list the boat where they lived as an asset. He got out of jail in 1990 and began sexually molesting his daughters and nieces. One of his nieces, named Ruby, said that he began molesting her at 8 years old and was married with him in a ceremony when she was just 13. He also married three other nieces and two other daughters this way, and his wife approved of the incestuous relationships. All the children never went to school and instead they were taught from home using flashcards and school textbooks. His first wife Elizabeth was never allowed to interact with the kids in this way, so this was all up to Marcus to teach what he wanted. He taught them his version of Christianity from his handwritten Bible that included Jesus being a vampire. Wesson was also fascinated with David Koresh and the Waco siege and when he showed footage of it to his children, he would brand the police as Satan and himself as Christ. He told his niece Rosa and his daughter Sabrina that they were strong soldiers and they'd have to be ready to kill family members if they ever betrayed them or kill other people who might seek to break apart the family. In preparation for this, Wesson bought 10 coffins from an antiques dealer and stored them out back. Most of the boys moved out of the house when they were old enough, and so did some of the adult girls. However, many others remained in the home. When his children were adults and old enough to work, they would give Wesson all of their earnings. This allowed them to buy a house in Fresno, California, where they all eventually lived. At their new home, authorities sought to evict the family because it wasn't a residential place, and this is what may have moved Wesson to commit his murders. On March 12, 2004, Ruby Ortiz and Sofina Solorio, nieces who had moved out of the household, had shown up at the home and wanted Wesson to give them back their children. He refused and there was a verbal altercation. The women left and came back with the police, but they had no legal right to enter the home. Shortly after this, Rosa Solorio and Mrs. Wesson came out and told them Marcus had a gun. The SWAT team was called in, as well as reinforcements, and right when they were positioning themselves, Wesson came out of the house covered in blood and surrendered. When authorities entered the home, they found one room lined with ten coffins, and in another room were the intertwined bodies of nine of Wesson's children and nieces. Two of them were his daughters, including Sabrina, believed to be the one that actually pulled the trigger. The rest were his nieces, all under eight years old. Everyone was killed with a single gunshot wound straight through the eyes. Even though Wesson didn't do the actual killing, he was sentenced and convicted on nine counts of first-degree murder along with forcible rape and molestation of his daughters and nieces. He was sentenced to death on June 27, 2005 and currently sits on death row. Number 2. The Briley Brothers It was 1979 when brothers Linwood, James Jr., and Anthony Briley terrorized the town of Richmond, Virginia when they went on a random killing spree for seven months. Growing up, the boys were known to always be willing to lend a helping hand and were polite and helpful in their community. However, their classmates had a bit of a different opinion on them because in school they were bullies. They didn't even care when authority figures punished them. The only person the boys feared seemed to be their father, James Sr. But by the time they had become teenagers, their parents separated amicably, and even James Sr. began fearing his own children. He realized Linwood, the eldest, was having a huge influence on the boys, and James Sr. began locking his door at night with a deadbolt because he didn't know what they might do. It was on January 28, 1971, when 16-year-old Linwood saw his longtime neighbor, Orlean Christian, hanging up her laundry. He didn't have any reason, but he went up to his bedroom from the second floor and aimed his gun towards her. He pulled the trigger, and it fired, and that killed her instantly. At first, for some reason, no one noticed she suffered a gunshot wound and simply thought she died from exhaustion or a heart attack. However, later on, relatives noticed a spot of blood on her dress and became suspicious. A second examination led to the discovery of the bullet, and when police investigated, they found that it was fired from Limwood's window. When he was arrested, the 16-year-old was emotionless and simply said, I heard she had heart problems. She would have died soon anyway. He only served one year in jail for that murder. By 1979, the Briley gang began their killing spree and it started on March 12th when the group attacked the home of William and Virginia Butcher. They rushed into the home, overpowering the couple and tying them up in separate rooms. They ransacked the place and took all the valuables that they could find. Afterwards, the house was doused with gasoline and lit on fire, leaving the couple to die. But William managed to free himself and save his wife as well before it burned. They survived and are known to be the only survivors in the Briley Brothers' path. The group continued to kill at random. They often went for home invasions, but sometimes would pick strangers from off the street. Some of the female victims were also raped before they were killed, and their last known crime was that of the Wilkerson's, their longtime neighbors. The Brileys broke into the home of Harvey Wilkerson, raped his pregnant wife Judy before killing the family, including their 5-year-old son. Police were on surveillance in the area and heard the gunshots, but they couldn't determine the location because it was muffled. They also actually saw the Briley gang coming out of the Wilkerson's apartment, but at the time didn't connect the two. Three days later, a welfare check was asked to be done on the Wilkerson since no one had heard from them in a while, and that's when police found the grisly scene. Since they saw the Brileys leave the apartment days prior, the boys then became the prime suspects. Linwood tried to make a run for it, but police eventually captured him, and with their ringleader in custody, the other two brothers then turned themselves in. Aside from the three of them, they also had an accomplice in 16-year-old Duncan Meekins. It was Meekins who entered a plea bargain and recounted everything he witnessed. It took investigators time to connect that the other murders and rapes were also the work of the Briley gang. In the end, authorities say that they may have killed or severely injured up to 20 people. Linwood was found guilty and sentenced to multiple life sentences and the death penalty. James Jr. was also given the same sentence including the death penalty. Anthony was given a life sentence with a possibility for parole since there was no definitive proof of him being a trigger man for any of the killings. Both older brothers were executed in 1984 and 1985 respectively. And Anthony Briley still remains in prison today. Number one, the Tarverdjeva family, dubbed as the gang of Amazons, the Tarverdjeva family from the North Federal District in Russia is considered to be one of the most baffling and murderous serial killer families in modern times. Captured in 2013, the family is composed of father Roman Podkopev, who was 35, his 46-year-old wife Anissa. Anissa's 25-year-old daughter from her first marriage, Victoria, and Anisa and Roman's daughter, Anastasia, who was 13. Other accomplices included Sergei Senelnik, Roman's police officer brother-in-law, and his wife, Anastasia. The family came from a well-to-do background, but it seems that didn't help in quenching their lust for blood. As a cover for their crimes, the family would go under the pretense of conducting out-of-town camping trips, Their first victim was a man named Mikkel and his wife on February 17, 2008. Mikkel was the head of the State Drug Control Service. The couple was shot inside their home and then stabbed multiple times with a knife. Several items in their home were taken, and months later another couple was shot on the highway. The male was killed instantly while the woman suffered serious wounds. Minor items like a passport, handbag, and driver's license were missing. The following year, the family attacked Lt. Col. Dmitry Jedekov and his family. The colonel, his wife, and their 7-year-old son were killed with a semi-automatic rifle, but their 11-year-old daughter Veronica was killed via stabbing. In total, she was stabbed 37 times. Items like a laptop, camera, and hairdryer were taken from their home, but the gold jewelry was left behind. In 2010, they decided to attack a pair of teenage girls, This family's home was targeted because they thought they had money and weapons. However, when only the two teenage daughters came home, they ambushed and killed them all the same. The girls were tortured by having their eyes gouged out before being murdered. There were several more attacks that followed after this, and in total, this killer family committed at least 30 murders. The majority of the crimes had no definite reason other than to rob and steal a few petty items. The family was finally caught on September 8, 2013, when Roman and Victoria robbed the home of a former military officer. A patrolman pulled them over and asked for their IDs, but instead, Roman shot this officer. Backup was called and a gunfight ensued. Victoria managed to survive but was seriously wounded. A short time later, Anissa and Anastasia were captured at a nearby camping site where officers found a stash of ammunition, firearms, grenades, and silencers. Various stolen items from the victims were also found, linking the family to the rash of recent murders. Why they did it to this day, nobody knows. So there were four scary and mysterious families. Serial killer families are rare, but they do exist. Aside from these four, throughout history they've been recorded, and it's likely there are many more out there we've yet to hear about. If you like this video, then remember to subscribe to our channel because every week we have new scary mysteries videos for you to check out. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you soon.